And I've had to, the whole year, face up to challenges, face up to the fact that church was closed, face up to the fact of how we're going to pay our stock, how we're going to pay our buildings, how we're going to pay our rent, how we're going to pay our telephone, how we're going to pay our policies, how we're going to pay, you know, all these kinds of things. And it's a real challenge, but in 20 years, and, and in this year, 2020, not once have I panicked even about that. Not once have I, I, I've got caught on the phone saying, oh, what are we going to do? Where do we go? What are we going to do? Maybe we should push more money on TV. Okay, let's put our banking details all over Facebook. You know, let's, let's do something. And you've got to understand something, that I, I haven't done that in any area of my life because I've got to a place this year where I believe without a shadow of a doubt that God is completely in control. I've got to that scripture where it says that God is for me and not against me. And I, I had to get that realization that God is not going to destroy me, destroy me, but to grow me. That is God's purpose for me. That He wants me to grow. He wants me to go from strength to strength. He wants me to be able to stand and have everything done to stand. And this has been the year with so much of what we've done and what we believe in and what we stood for has been tested. In your family, in your work situation, whatever it is that you've gone through, we've had to face challenges. And the interesting thing about 2020 is this, is that we always haven't had 400 people go speak to about our problems. Because everyone was in lockdown. Now we could just pop their door and go vent a little bit to the neighbor, to the friends down the road and to our loved ones. Because it was all locked down. And I found so many people had to come to a place where they had to start to deal with life and situations by themselves, between Him and God, between her and God. And I think this is the problem we have in churches, that we don't want to face our challenges. What we want to do is share our challenges. So instead of dealing with what God is doing in my life, I'd rather speak to 45 people and hopefully five them will agree with me that I'm right. And the other 40 are wrong. We don't talk about it. You know, quite this is the Michael. Quite this is the Michael. And so it's easy when we're in a good crowd and when we don't have a good sermon, we just find 10 people to agree with us and then we know we're right because, you know, at least 10 out of 100 agree with me. So that's the majority of us, you know. But we don't understand that God is bringing you and I to a place where in this year, I believe that He's bending and molding so much in our lives. And let me tell you something. No, we will look back on when you tell this. But I want to tell you something that two, three, four years from now, you're going to look back and say 2020 was probably the best thing that ever happened in my life. And you don't feel like it right now. You might not feel like it right now, but listen carefully to what I'm saying to you. Because so many of you had to restructure your business, so many of you had to do with your business, so many of you had to spend time with your wives and your husbands without choice, locked down. And you know what? And some marriages fell to pieces. And other marriages grew like you cannot believe. But there was not one marriage that stayed the same. There was not one relationship in your life and my life that stayed the same. Everything changed. How we relate to people changed. How we present the gospel changed. How we uh, connect with our spouses, with our kids. Everything changed. And whether you like it or not, everything changed for the good. And so I'm busy preparing this, this message and I'm trying to think about a few things thinking, wow, you know, what is it that, 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 that a storm really looks like? And I, I, my mind quickly went to three, three areas, three places in the Bible where they have to face a storm. The first storm that we hear about in the Bible is Jonah. Now Jonah was running from God. 
The second storm that we hear about is when Jesus walked on the water and the disciples according to the storm of Peter got off the boat and walked to Jesus. The third storm that we speak about was when Jesus was sleeping in Luke 8 and the stormy and while Jesus was sleeping the disciples panicked. And as I looked at these three storms I thought this is often where we are in so much of our lives that we're always in one of those storms. We are in that storm where we're running from God because whatever God wants to do is maybe just too big. Or maybe we just don't want to do it. Or we just don't understand what God is saying to you and I. And often we'll just take cruise in a complete opposite direction. Can I get two amens? Thank you. <laughs> complete opposite direction. Why? Because it's just a safe way to go. We think it's a safe way to go. But you know the word of God says that you will complete the work that is started in our lives. It doesn't matter what you face, it doesn't matter if you go to Tarsus or you go to Nineveh, when you're running from God, He will bring you back to that place that He desires of you. He will bring your marriage back to that place that He desires it to be in you. He will restore relationships that need to be restored, things that need to be mended, businesses that need to be changed, if you give Him a chance. The first person that I said now is the first that always runs from God. The second storm that we encounter is, is the disciples are in the massive storm of Jesus praying on the mountain. And I always love this picture because in, the, in, in his Bible, remember, when Jesus was walking on the water, it was almost like just this lake. You know, Jesus was just walking on this lake. It was easy. But when you read the scripture, it says, a huge tempest hit the lake. The place where the disciples were panicking. And here comes Jesus walking, not on flat water, but he comes walking to the disciples through a storm. Through a storm. And, and when I got that picture in my mind yesterday, I was like, oh God, how many times have you come to me through the storm? Not me going to him, but him coming to me in the midst of crisis, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of times where I don't know if I want to believe anymore, at times where I don't know if God can heal or God can deliver, at times where I don't know if I want to be in the ministry, I just need to walk away from this marriage, I need to walk away from this, this ministry, I need to walk away from this business, and in the midst of all of that chaos, there comes Jesus. Isn't it weird that he's just always there for you in time of need? Whether you see him or you don't, he's there. And we find Peter gets so excited that he says, Jesus, I'm coming back, I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you, I'm walking on the water. And it's such an interesting concept though because Peter gets out of the boat and the way we understand the scripture, he actually walks a few paces. He actually walks a few steps on water. And we think Jesus was the only guy that walked on water. Peter walked on water, whether he liked it or not. He walked. But the word says that as he caught a glimpse of the storm, he started to sink. And Jesus had to reach out. Interesting. Interesting concept. The third storm in Luke we read about. And the storm where Jesus has been preaching and doing great stuff and he says to the disciples of Simon, let us go to the other side of the lake. You go read Luke 8, 
8, Luke 8, verse 22. I'm going to turn there for you. I want to read out the TPT Bible this morning. It says, One day Jesus says to his disciples, Let us get into a boat and go across to the other side of the lake. And so they said, sail. And as soon as Jesus fell asleep, the wind rose, the fiercest wind came, and a violent storm that threatened to swamp their boat. Now, let's pick up a little back here. It says, this, Let us go into a boat and go across to the other side of the lake. We don't read this because I've never read it like this yesterday. But it, it almost feels like every time we are in a journey or crossing over or going into something new, there seems to be that storm. Whether it's business relationships, whatever it might be. In our lives, in a new job, in a new situation, in a job or whatever it is. There always seems to be, let's cross over, let's do something new, let's go to the other side. And all of a sudden, the word says this massive storm comes up. And in the midst of the storm, Jesus is sleeping. Now, I don't know about you, but I need to relate to the story. Because during COVID, I really thought that Jesus was sleeping quite a lot. <laughs> I pray that he would open the church. I pray that our numbers would increase. I pray for finances. I pray for this. I pray for that. And it was almost like this deafening silence. Who knows what I'm talking about? You know, it's not that God has left me. Hear what I'm saying to you, but it's like, come on, Dad, for me. Like, well, I'm going to pray more. I'm going to read the word more. It's not like nothing's happening. Like, where are you in the split? And here we find disciples in the storm that's about to kill them in a sense. And Jesus, to the offering of the God's men, said, is the rest of I love that word. It's the rest And when I I thought about that. I thought about how often there are two choices that we have. We either have a choice where we can be rested. In the midst of the storm. Because, you know, no storm lasts forever. Do you know that even in paradise there are storms? Even in paradise there are storms. And no storm lasts forever. So we've got a choice. We can either be rest up in the midst of the storm, knowing that it's just a storm. Or he can be like the disciples, he just went panic. And all over the place, and freaking, and carrying on. And so they say this to Jesus. This is the disciples' response to the Jesus. And he says, And the wind rose, and the fierce wind, the wind became a violent squall that threatened to swamp their boat. So the disciples woke Jesus up and said, Master, Master, we're sinking. Don't you care that we are going to drown? I, I didn't even yeah, say it. I think 90% of us in this room thought we were going to drown this year. And 94 of us, luckily. <laughs> thank you, thank you, those faithful, honest, good Christians. <laughs> but we thought we were going to drown. He said, listen to this. And I love this thing. And they could have just said, you know, with authority. But this word says, with great authority. Jesus rebukes the howling waves, the, the, the wind, surging waves, and instantly they stopped because of it became as smooth as glass. And then Jesus said to them, Why are you fearful? Have you lost faith in me? I realized. 2020 was all about me learning what faith is. 
It wasn't a dark environment, it wasn't about anything like that. It was God simply wanted to teach me one thing in 2020, and that was this. And I asked him the question, have you lost faith in me? Have you doubted me? Have you doubted me in your circumstances? Have you doubted me in church life? Have you doubted me in family life? Have you doubted me in your work situation? Because so often it's easy to doubt before we trust God. Think about it. Is that if something happens, the first thought we have is a negative one. It's never, oh, well, thank you, Jesus is in the boat. The first thought all of us have is, oh, boy, we're going to drive. Oh, boy, we're going to drive. Bill Eibold makes a, a statement. And he says this, storms draw something out of us that can't see his God. Storms draw something out of us that can't see his God. Mm. And it's so true. Because you know when life is easy and everything is going according to plan, we never learn anything. Because he says we're in a cruise boat. But storms are the thing that really brings something out of us. It brings that build of tenacity. It brings out that, that fight in us that we can do better than we're doing right now. Joel Austin makes this statement which I love. He says this, you can be in a storm, but don't let the storm get into you. You can be in a storm, but don't let the storm get into you. And, and that is me. That is me. I am sorry. I let the storm get into me. Instead of dealing with stuff on the surface, instead of dealing with what we need to deal with, everything becomes a personal thing in us. And everything comes that we've got to deal with, so we've got to change it, we've got to turn things around constantly. And Jesus said, have you lost faith in me? And I'm asking that question this morning. Have you lost faith in me? Is he the same God yesterday, today, tomorrow? Is he the same God that you worshipped in 2019? Has it become better? How do you handle and how do you treat Jesus in your storm and the things that you face? You see, in every storm, and I want to say that in every storm that you and I face, we've got to give you a place where we ask ourselves some questions. Because the storm is not just there for fun. The storm is not there just to destroy you. But I believe that every storm is brought to grow you. You see, fishermen and, and guys and, and sailors and that, they only learn how to cope with the storm in the storm. You can teach a pilot what it's like to fly through a storm in the simulator. Or you can tell a guy, a ship captain, what it's like when the swells are 18, 19 foot. But you would not know how to deal with that unless you've been in it. I remember many years ago we went on a, on a fishing trip to Jacini. Jacini Dam, I think it's there, Durban, wherever it was. And we were in the Jacini Dam. Now, we and PE, okay? So, I mean, we really haven't got dams. I mean, I think the longest dam we've got is about 15 gauge long. I think the Jacini Dam, on some place in this width, was over 15 gauge that you could not see the other side of the dam. And I remember Pastor Kevin and myself and Josh, we were on the bass boat and we decided, man, we now, the city ran around on the border. So this side was in Africa and this side was Swaziland. And we thought, oh, why not? Let's go to Swaziland. We've got a boat, we've got a petrol, let's do this thing. 
got on that dashboard, man, and sent me five k's an hour. We were across that lake to you. Couldn't even see the other side. We just kept going, you know. And eventually we got to the other side of the lake, man, it was calm. And here comes the Holy Spirit. What are the chances? Two. Yeah, don't worry about the birds, you guys watching love. And we went across the other side, and I must say to you, when we got into the Swazi that side, it was the calmest weather I've probably ever experienced in my life. Because we went into this cove, and we were fishing there for time to fish in the show. I remember looking at the watch, it was like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and we said, hey, guys, it's time to go back. We probably got another 40, 50 cases to get back to, to where we were camping. And as we came out of this, 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 this little cove we went, and got into the main dam, I'm not lying to the way it was high on the dam. Now you can know best but it's only that high Because we don't like bedding. The way was that high. That the water was splashing into the boat, that physically there was no way that we were going to get across without sinking that boat. And there was only one thing that I could think about doing, and it was this to ride into the storm and into the wind. And I turned my boat and I faced it straight into the waves because I would rather hit the waves from the front and let them run the side. And it probably took us a half an hour detour to ride all the way into the wind to a point where we could turn around and then ride with the waves back. It was like in the V. It was the only way we were going to make it across. And that has always taught me a lesson that when things look impossible, sometimes it's better to ride into the storm than to ride away from the storm. You see, the problem with us is we always want the quickest way out of the storm. But we don't want to deal with the storm. And we want to deal with the storm, we need to ask ourselves some stuff. What does, it, what, what does the storm, or what does God want to teach me in the storm? What does God want to teach me in the storm? Secondly, and the most important thing is how did I react to the storm? Now, all the means of the down already, <laughs> Yes, women, sometimes we tend to overreact in a storm. What they say, I'll say, we make a mountain out of a mulzy. But how did I react to the storm? And I'm not speaking about the storm, I'm speaking about how do we react to people that offend us? How do we react to people that hurt us? How do we react to those around us? How did we react to the storm that we faced? Place. 
And it doesn't matter how much I prayed, I never felt this thing lifting. And it doesn't matter how much I read the word of God, it just felt like this thing didn't lift. And then one day God said to me, I want you to learn to worship in the storm. And my honest opinion was, God, that's really unfair. I don't like worshiping right now. And that's when God said, that's exactly why you need to worship in the storm. And I remember going onto my TV on YouTube and I just, you know, pushed worship music and just allowed that worship just to play. It doesn't matter where I was, I was listening to this worship. And let me tell you something, it was a day or two and things started breaking my heart. Started breaking my heart, started breaking my heart. See, you've got to find out what it is that can break the storm in your life. Sometimes it's the word, sometimes it's prayer, sometimes it's just a discussion, sometimes it doesn't matter what it is. But we need to discover what it is that we need to do to get through the storm because if we don't, you know what happens? Nothing. In what area will I grow through the storm? Ask yourself, how did I grow through the storm? And lastly, do I believe that no matter what the outcome of the storm, that God has the outcome in the form of His hand? And it's a difficult question to end with. But how many of us believe in this room this morning that God has our best interest at heart? Thank you, thank you. Really, honestly. Like, honestly. I mean, we hit depressions, we become suicidal, you know, we want to give up on life, we want to walk away from, you know, businesses, we want to walk away from families. We just go to such a dark space. At times. And when we go to the dark space and the dark years, you've got to ask yourself that question. Do you believe that God is in control? Do you? This this year in closing, I think there's, there's one thing that my family and my staff have noticed the changes that taking place in me is that I don't go for that handle about anything anymore. Because I just find that it's senseless. Because it doesn't fix anything. In fact, it just hurts everyone around you. And we have faced job losses this year, we have faced pregnancies, we have faced battle pregnancies, we have faced two gearboxes exploding, we've had all this. We've had all this. And I can honestly say to you, in not one of the crises that I faced this year, did I go to a dark place, or did I just want to give up on life, or did I believe that God was not in control? 53 years it's taken me to get to this place. 53 years. I thought I said to God, what are you thinking? Why did you do this to me in my thirties? But it took me this long to get to a place that, that Romans made me hate for the first time in my life. I don't quote it. I really believe it. That God works all things for the good of those who love and believe in Him and who are called according to His purpose. And it doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter what you've gained through. I want to say to you, take it from an old fool. Listen to me. God always works.
works all things for the good. The challenge is, is that our good is not always His way. And His good is not always our way. You see, when things work out the way they do, you know this, it's God's will. And this is not the last storm you're going to face, church. There's storms every single day of our lives that you and I need to face. But I want you to read those dearest words of Jesus. Have you lost faith in me? Don't you believe that I can do exceedingly abundantly more than you ever asked for? Don't you believe that I'm the God of the impossible? I'm the God of the now. I'm the God of crisis. I'm the God of sickness, I'm the God of depression, I'm the God of suicide that can heal you. He said Psalm 37 verse 4. And I want you to close in this quickly. And you give me a second voice on my nose, but I'm going to go there. Psalm 37 verse 4. Sorry, Psalm 37 verse 3. says this. Keep trusting in the Lord and do what is right in His sight. Fix your heart on the promises of God and you will be secure. Feasting on His faithfulness. And He will provide for you what you desire most. Verse 5 says, Give God the right to direct your life. And as you trust Him along the way, you will find He pulled it off perfectly every time. Let us stand. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for the storms that we've overcome. I thank you for the storms that we've endured. I thank you, Father, that there's absolutely nothing that can separate the love that you have for us in Christ Jesus. And Father, I know there's many storms we're going to face and many challenges we're going to face. And there's a lot of decisions we need to make and our minds are going to play games with us. But today we want to rely, depend and trust upon you like we've never had in our lives. And we want to commit our ways to you. And your word says in Psalm that when we commit our ways to you, you direct our way, our path. And so, Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you come this morning. That you heal every brokenness. That you heal every person that is battling with some kind of disorder this morning. Every sickness, every disease. Father, I want to pray for every storm that is still raging in people's lives right now. And I want to call that storm to naught right now in Jesus' name. Your word says, greater things are we do than you do. Lord, even the disciples said, who is this man that demands the wind and the wave to stand still. And it's in the name of Jesus we command every storm to calm down right now. And Father, that healing will take place in this house and in our nation like never before. And I pray, Spirit God, that you would come and you would set us free this morning. And in that freedom, may we run and may we enjoy the fullness of who you are. May our faith be in you, even in the midst of the storm. As you know, the God's people said, can us let rest of rock here. Let rest of rock. In the craziness of life, ours. In Jesus' name. Lord God's people said,